0: What's happening you guys? My name is Shivaji and welcome to an all new episode of All Things Digital. A fabulous space on all the exciting and sometimes not so exciting work being done in the field of digital in India. As a teenager, I remember my grandfather who had just retired and was mostly at home had subscribed to four newspapers the Times of India, the Economic Times, the Indian Express, and the Hindu. Plus, he had an annual subscription of India Today and Outlook as well. He would spend most of his day reading and was spending time with family, but most importantly, he would keep telling me to read the Economic Times and discuss uh, news with him. Sundays would, uh, well, not reg- regularly, but mostly, mean sat sit down with him to discuss uh, the week gone by in news. I guess my podcast might have subs- subconsciously been inspired by that, But more importantly, it taught me the fun in reading a newspaper. You know, the joy in holding a physical one and just just reading it. Years later, when I joined my current workplace, uh, which is a uh, public relations firm, after a shift in careers, I was suddenly surrounded by news and media again. I still uh, love reading in general, but more importantly, newspapers. I think with everything going digital, especially now, it's been tough for print to not just stay relevant, but also feasible. It's sad, but... How is it really looked upon from a journalist's POV? Is print really dying or is this temporary and maybe we'll see them bounce back after Covid? Joining me today on Vata Lab is digital consultant, technology journalist and podcast host of the string Abhishek Bakshi where we're going to be discussing the situation with print media and journalists in the country. Having recently joined Neowen as a senior editor, he will continue to be a contributor at The Morning Context and columnist at in The Sun Times while he's previously written for Forbes, Gizmodo, Android Authority, Android Central, TechRadar, BGR, and even Mint. Apart from that, he's also the founder and editor of the Podcast Hub, an online publication about podcasts and podcasting, which is how we first connected. So let's try dive in into our conversation with Abhishek.
1: I know, exactly.
0: Everything's digital today. Welcome to All Things Digital. Okay. Hey, Abhishek, welcome to All Things Digital, and it's an guest series, Vatala. How are you? And I hate to ask the same old, but how's the, how's the last two months been for you?
2: Uh, thanks Shivaji for having me. Uh, it's been awkward uh, and this is coming from me. I'm a work from home individual. I work from home uh, even in the normal days. And so uh, I, I guess early few weeks were just fine and it was uh, business as usual for me. Uh, apart from a little more anxiety, a uh, raised level of restlessness, but we've kind of come to terms with it. But seeing the crisis around the health crisis, the humanitarian crisis, I, I think my productivity has gone low. Even if it's the same desk I'm working on, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's it's been a restless few months. I hope we pass through it. Howsoever we do, I I, I mean nobody has the perfect answers. Right. Uh, but maybe we will just get by it.
0: Right. Right. I mean, I think it's it's just been strange for everyone and i mean uh, it's it's always this uh, even if you're used to working from home, I think you're still sort of used to stepping out at some point, you know, and absolutely yes. that's, that's not been happening so it's it's been strange um you know it, it's it's the strangest thing, but i've I've actually been following your writing for a while now, especially like when I had just joined back from my master's a couple of years ago, not a couple of i think two thousand and nineteen and i had, uh, I read a lot of um, the stuff that you'd been writing on Android authority for example and Later on, on Forbes also, for I think for a tech client, I was researching, so I had to do that. But it's only Mm -hmm. now that we managed to connect, despite being the same same field or almost the same field, similar field. Mm -hmm. But uh, just just to get an idea, you know, when when did you exactly start, and how's your journey as a journalist, you know, been over the years? If you could just tell us.
2: Okay, so I started a long back. Not as a journalist, I guess the earlier word would have been a blogger or a columnist. Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed writing and I I was a geeky guy in the college. So I I was the one who wanted to explore. I was the early adopter of technology and access to these things was a little difficult back in the day. So only if you were a nerd, you would look up software, you would look up new apps and all. Of course, there was not much of mobile apps, but... uh, you, you had to really do the digging to find stuff. And people like me just wanted to write and share about it so the others could discover all that. So yeah. I guess the first site I made, uh, it was not technically a blog uh, because I didn't know the term blog and RSS hadn't really catch, uh, was catching up just at the time. Was uh, I was in my 12th standard. It was 99. 11th uh, or 12th somewhere around that time. Uh, and 99 was the first time I had a website. And I, it was just a random thing. I would just post random thoughts, and I'm sure none, apart from my family members, would have read it, or his closest great. friend. And I, I didn't have a computer back then. I had to go to a cyber cafe. Uh, I I think your young listeners don't know what cyber cafes were.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I used play too much Counter Strike yeah. there.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I I took out time from those uh, Counter Strike games and also the Yahoo Messenger chats to kind of yeah. build up learn and then build up a website. I, I just wanted to learn things. So my website was not a product of uh, vanity, but about learning HTML and all those things back in the day. And then I joined college, uh, which was 2001. And when that is the time I discovered that there are things like uh, blogs and blogger from which later was Google uh, came in that there was WordPress and things. these technologies, I was exposed to those. And in college, I started, started taking blogging a little more seriously. And when I say seriously, it was also because there was a lot of audience. Because what I'll do was I would just uh, do all the coding assignments that were given in college and all that and put up the code on my site. So it became a very popular thing that if you have to look for assignment XYZ, you have to go on Abhishek's blog, who's charitably putting out all the code and all. And then (laughs) because because, uh, uh, there are people who have friends in, uh, across colleges in the same university, a lot of people in my university outside my college also started visiting my blog, not, not in any, uh, with any interest in me, but only for the code they wanted to copy. Right. So uh, my, my blog kind of became popular first amongst the students. It was, it was like a dump of all the code that you needed for your assignments and project works and things like that. Oh. And I started exploring technology. Then I started writing more about things I'm learning. So if I would pick up X Y Z technology one day, I'll just write about it. It was more of a personal indulgence, and so I graduated from college and things went on. Of course, this this was also the time the internet started becoming more ubiquitous, uh, more people had access to it, so the readership was there. Uh, I was active in a lot of online forums, and those are things where networks uh, kind of start forming. This mm-hmm. was pre-Twitter and pre-Facebook, of course. So online forums was the big thing amongst us nerds right. who would just hang out there. So I, I I just kept writing because it was my interest. And well, all the writing I did was my technology indulgence. So I've tried this software. This is an error I was getting on my computer. This is how you resolve it. Typical technical uh, stuff, which is what made the early part of blogging for most people. Uh, and... From 2007 uh, is where, where I joined Microsoft and I, I was writing on my blog. It was not monetized or anything. It was just a personal passion project because I was in a job and uh, it was not my primary concern. And while I was at Microsoft, uh, somebody just asked me to help uh, write a few posts on their blog. He, he was a friend, so I started writing for them and uh, they started paying me. And I was oh, this is nice. You get paid too. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Mint was the first newspaper, and I don't know how they reached me. Somebody, and this was the time when Twitter had just started in India, and we, it was an early group, so everybody knew everybody right. because they were very uh, less users. Right. So, so one editor recommended another editor who was looking for somebody to write on tech my name. Uh, and I don't know, uh, this lady just reached out to me, senior editor at Mint, and Mint had just come up as a kind of a very interesting business newspaper had partnership with Wall Street Journal. So it was getting good traction. And they asked me to write a column and I said, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I've always liked writing, but I didn't know if I would ever ever have a byline or a published piece or a book or something. Those were, I mean, those were random things. I didn't have a way way to
0: go about it either, you know, how to connect with them. So,
2: yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, and because also I was not pursuing it uh, in a very specific way because I was in a job. Yeah. And being in a job, you can't pursue a parallel thing unless you are really uh, unless you see your future in that. At that point of time, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I did not honestly. Uh, so the main thing happened. I wrote an article for them. It got published. I was very excited. I almost bought five, ten copies of the newspaper. Showed it to everybody who came <laughs> to my place. So this was a byline. I mean, I I'm a blogger, and at that time there was isolated silos of bloggers and journalists. Journalists didn't like bloggers and bloggers thought journalists didn't know their stuff and things like that. So I was very happy. Uh, A month later, a check arrives in a mail and I didn't know that I would be paid. I thought, "Oh, this is very nice. You get a byline and you get paid as well. I was like over the moon. Uh, But I was happy about it because I had a job. I I did pursue it very seriously. I mean, I started writing a column for them. Right. Uh, but only as, as a, a hobby, as an indulgence. Right. Uh, in 2011, is when I quit my job at Microsoft and I went independent. Uh, right. When I went independent, while I would set up my consulting work and look for clients and do kind of make a framework of what I want to do uh, as an independent professional, uh, a few writing gigs came along. A lot of at that time liked my writing, uh, but did not want to get engaged because I was working with a tech company. Right. I mean, even even a brand would not want to engage with me because I was an employee at a technology. Uh, maybe if I was in a in a different domain, they would be. But at a tech company, obviously nobody yes. has engaged with you. Makes sense. Quite uh, a lot of uh, publications reached out to me. Honestly, I did not reach out to anyone. I was not looking for that. But a few mm. publication reached out to me, uh, gave me an offer. So I started writing started writing for CDNet in the US. Uh, then uh, main, main thing was continuing and it sometimes offered me a column. So I mm-hmm. started get, getting those gigs and I was happy because I thought these would help me pay the bills while I kind of find my foot, feet in the consulting business. But as it turned out, uh, I mean, I had a love for writing tech. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, I could, Early on, I got some publications which were very credible, which kind of set me up for more credible publications along the way. And I I realized that while I thought this would be a parallel profession, I started spending more time writing technology. And with that, it comes like conferences, you are traveling for an event or a conference or something. So it started taking a lot of my time. I still do a lot of consulting work, uh, but uh, as it went along, it... And as as I grew along, I also took up editing possibilities here and there. So, I started spending more time, investing more time as a journalist than as a consultant. So, while I, I thought writing was only to pay bills for a while, it kind of became my uh, parallel profession. Right. And so, it's been like that now for a few years.
0: Wow. So, I mean, okay. So, I, I actually got it wrong then because I thought you started off as a journalist, but in fact, you started off. With a blog in college, and then yeah, yeah, really I
2: moved. I had no I I one I did not have a journalism degree right, uh, and I I'm a B Tech, I'm an engineer like many of us in India, right. and I was with technology companies. I was NID, I did a gig with IBM, and Microsoft was the last job, right. uh, and all the writing I did before was purely out of interest, and until now I've never monetized my site. I mean, right. I've never put in ads, even at the height of my uh, blogging days when there was too much traffic from around the globe. Mm. I I never did it, and right. and it just went by. It just so happened that my writings started getting appreciation, and I started writing for credible publications. Right. So, uh, individually on a blog, your credibility. Uh, also, at that time, I mean, it's ten years more than ten years ago. So at that time, I was a twenty-year-old, mid-twenty-year-old that. People don't want to take seriously. Yeah. But if I'm writing for a credible publication, then then of course Obviously there is a weight added to it. Right. right so yeah. I, I I'm a uh, I'm a journalist or a writer. Uh, I I was a writer by interest, by chance.
0: Right. 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 So, but but it's interesting because you've actually seen um, how um, media has moved. You know through these, like, I think last 15 years, if I'm not wrong. So from writing a blog, then moving to your first byline, and then actually going and writing for different, different publications. So you've actually seen a lot that has happened with the media. So what's, what's, what's really happening with, with them today, you know, because I mean, especially the print publications, because there's a lot of talk right now about print dying, And I mean, there has been for a while, but especially during COVID and the layoffs happening, What's, what's really the ground situation according to you?
2: Right. So I, I've not just seen it. I'm, I'm actually a product of the transformation of media as it happened. Right. Uh, I, I'm one of those who kind of got engaged with the media only because this transformation was happening. Right. So like like I mentioned in one of my earlier comments that early on uh, digital media was uh, seen as a separate media arm, so to say, than mm-hmm. the regular print or TV or any of the mainstream uh, media outlets. Right. And when, when digital media kind of became bigger, of course, those lines started to blur. Um, you, you work in an agency and early on even brands treat people writing for digital publications separately versus people writing for print. It's, it still happens in some of the brands, uh, but sometimes there were two agencies dealing with these two groups. Yeah. And some some of the top top tech brands would uh, have a separate agency dealing with, uh, as they used to say, bloggers. Now the term more popular <laughs> is influencers. Uh, and the other was the mainstream media. Right. And uh, because these were considered separate, that uh, their domain, their audience was considered separate. Also, their experience and expertise was also debatable. Uh, but as it happened, yeah. it, it kind of uh, merged into one not just because print was dying because uh, on, internet became the primary source of information uh, for everyone. Mm. So because the consumption online started, which is why all the mainstream media also jumped onto having great uh, news website. And then when uh, things like uh, videos started, so the every every uh, publication or a news channel would come to YouTube and also do a lot of things on Twitter or Facebook yeah. in the COVID times, even webinars and things like that. Yeah. So uh, all this happened because only because the consumption of internet became the primary thing and not the secondary thing. Right. When I started writing, only people who had access to internet, or were geeky enough or wanted extra perspective or research would go online. Correct. And um, um, for example, I, I'll tell you about, but more than 15 years when I was more than 15 years ago, um, I, I used to be a member of British Council Library in Delhi, and right. we. we I'd go there and pick up books and magazines uh, from around the same. world, which was the fasc- fascination of I Chodink love the library.
0: I love that book. Uh, I,
2: I love it. I, I yeah. miss that I don't go there same, often.
0: Same, same. <laughs>
2: and there was a set of computers, about uh, five, seven computers, yeah. uh, desktops that were there yeah. for people who wanted to research more from there right. or look up books the catalog and all that stuff. So the information available to you was the library and only five, seven computers for a few people who would want to research more or dive more. Same was at the American uh, center library because internet consumption and the behavior consumption was different back in the day Mm -hmm. when internet became the primary source. If you are checking your phone all the time for the latest news or a review or a perspective, you are turning to your, Phone or or your computer, and right. so the mainstream media also had to come in there. Earlier, they had their own space. And
1: right.
2: Internet was the secondary consumption source. When it became the primary, the mainstream media had to change, and so the conversation about print is dying has been there. Right? Yeah. Uh, it it is because it was identified that pattern has changed. Online uh, is the consumption activity that everybody does, but the print and the television channels also uh, to some regard did not really transform their business. Right. And and it, in times like COVID, now they are realizing when the ad revenue kind of dwindles down, <laughs> and there are uh, chal- challenges of uh, working from remote locations, mm. they realize that they really cannot sail the boat anymore. It's been tough times for them anyway.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, I. I, I still like newspapers for some reason. I I read Same. e-papers a lot. I, I I actually read a lot of e-papers, which is funny. So I I take a newspaper, but I still read it digitally
1: okay. uh,
2: because I like the curation part of it, and I, mm-hmm. I like to understand how what newspaper put what thing on the front page and things like that. Yeah. So uh, that that that's the observation bit I do, but uh, all the. Uh, romanticization of print is mostly done by uh, people who are in print now. I mean, the world has changed uh, and everybody has to kind of change with it. I mean, uh, a lot of things, if Netflix becomes a really big thing, a lot of people who like the cinema experience would yeah. really be, feel sad about it. But then that's how it is. You can't force people to do it. I'm I'm a test cricket connoisseur and I cry when there are no crowds in test matches. Right. But you can't help that. You, you can't, force them into stadiums. If people like T20, I mean, that's the way to go. You do all, and I would hope the cricket boards do all in their hands to promote test cricket, but then you can't forcefully change consumption pattern. I guess in print, we've been only stretching the needle for as long as they can take in because Mm -hmm. as long as the ad revenue is coming Uh, And especially with government ads, because uh, majority of advertisements on newspapers is by the government, state governments and central government. government. So I think they were just floating by it. Uh, uh, It was a bad practice. I I don't know when it happened. I guess it started with Times of India's charging Rupee 1 for the newspaper uh, in the 90s, late 90s or something like that, uh, which kind of changed the industry. I think newspaper and news should have always been at a premium. Yeah you charge 10 rupees and that, that's how globally it is i mean new york times is an expensive, expensive paper expensive yeah it's, it's washington quite post is an expensive paper i remember the first time i went to us and i picked up a newspaper i dug in my pocket and i wanted to take out change before I realized the price of the newspaper, because I thought it would be a few cents and few pennies. <laughs> and obviously this was my first trip to the US, so I was converting it yeah, into rupees yeah. as well. Yeah. And I realized the newspapers are expensive there. And then I learned that newspapers are expensive abroad in most countries.
0: Exactly, yeah. I mean that, that's what happened to me in the UK actually. Same same situation. I, I, I just gently picked it up and I said that okay, you know, like what are newspapers like here? And then I saw the price and I was like, okay, that's 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 strange. I've, I've I wasn't used to it. I think, but right. But. So
2: we never got into the habit of paying for news, hmm. paying for quality journalism. Hmm. And at this moment, that that's the fight that the traditional media and the new age uh, media, especially the online properties, are trying to have. I mean, even the traditional ones like like a Hindu have gone behind paywall, have products like uh, a brief morning briefing and all attached so that people pay,
1: pay and
2: yeah. There's also e-paper subscriptions. Most of uh, the newspapers are now getting into e-paper subscriptions, especially uh, in the last month or so. Many have transitioned. And then they are obviously building value uh, benefits around it. But now now people would find it difficult because they thought uh, you go to HindustanTimes.com and the news should be free. Why should I pay for e-paper? Yeah. Uh, because you, you understand there is uh, there has been ads always and that that's the model you've lived with it my generation, we've never paid for news. And so this is at this point, it's very difficult to have the conversation with people who understand the models of news laundry or the wire uh, and the morning context where I write, where we subscription if you want to read our stories because stories take a lot of effort in writing and we need to be paid for those.
0: Right, right. That,
2: that that's the disconnect between the consumption habits which the mainstream media pushed it onto them. I mean, if if things were paid always, then it wouldn't have been a problem. But mainstream media, because they could subsidize the cost of the newspaper based All on the revenues. Uh, and Times of India was the kind of uh, on the top with this the cheapest newspaper with the most number of ads. So they, and uh, Fini Chen uh, of Times Group, uh, I mean, gives gives it out candidly that it's an advertising business that he's in. So he's not in the business of journalism, he's in the advertising business. So it's fair for them to do that. But the problem is uh, the mainstream media, even in television, the top channel right now, whether you like it or not is Republic, uh, which is a free to air channel. Right. So I mean, if you are not used to pay for, uh, if you are not used to paying for quality journalism, or forget quality, if you are not used to paying yeah. for news, news or any uh, online content, or in the past age of offline content, then you have the trouble in this transition. A lot of people like me and and some of my friends and more enlightened folks are okay doing it, which is how uh, subscriptions like a wire or a news laundry or a set news, uh, the morning context work, but it's still not right. The consumption, but it's it's like mobile apps. In India, a lot of people don't pay for apps. And because there was so good apps available, always online and offline, people were not paying for apps. And on desktop, they could always pirate pirate software. And now when you get, now when you are forced into buying software, or the piracy bit is a little difficult and only for uh, geeky individuals, then people say, oh, why do I have to pay for this? Yes. I thought this was always free. So yeah. that consumption, uh, because you are used to it, kind of becomes awkward now. So yeah. print did not transform in time. Um, I, I guess now, I, I write for Hindustan Times. So I like uh, when my my name comes in the print and sometimes when the article is well laid out, I quite like it. Uh, because a presentation uh, in, a, in a print, Medium kind of becomes a thing of beauty sometimes. But uh, it's fighting alone. I I don't think too many newspapers should survive or would survive after this COVID. A lot of business newspapers, a lot of second-tier newspapers uh, do not have enough uh, in them to kind of survive. There's a place for national newspapers and uh, publications which are pan-India, but they would also have less editions. I mean, like a top national... Publication would have eight, nine editions across the geography of India, but they would also reduce some. I don't think you can get print past the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point to make there because I mean, uh, I, I think the print, I mean, print media, print, I mean, publication, for example, they haven't really understood consumers, as you said, you know, and the shift in consumers, but, but, but do you think brands have also not understood that or, or do this still because they, they I, I feel like when you said that it's the print media that romanticizes print, I sometimes feel like brands also do that, you know, do you, do you think like that, that also comes in or do you think brands have also moved with time? Because,
2: no, abs- absolutely. Uh, so, and you, you work in a PR agency and you would know uh, if, if, if your product or a service of your client, it's. Gets- it's rated very highly. Then it it's published in an online portal, an online only portal. Right, uh, that is the age group of the market different because they're from the old school. Right, I I think brands are somebody who both prop up a medium and also demolish a medium. Mm. When I say when they keep harping on a print coverage even when an online coverage gives better reach and more targeted audience, they would still keep harping about uh, the offline publication and also the mainstream media conclaves and events they would rate those very highly but they also demolish uh, the medium because they are the ones who keep investing those ads into the wrong places. Mm. Now even in in the case of things which have come up uh, nicely, like YouTube channels which cover travel or tech and things like that, there are brands who really spoil the ecosystem yeah. with underhand tactics. With uh, and I I don't want to get into the details, but we all know the kind of mess yeah, that yeah. goes yeah. into there. Yeah. So uh, the brands kind of do both. They like to prop up a media, but they also like to demolish a medium because uh, and. We can't hold them responsible because they are capitalistic organized corporates. Right. Uh, so for them, whatever makes sense for business at that time, uh, whoever's the chief marketing officer and the digital uh, manager in the organization, it's more to his whims and fancies how the uh, investments and how the coverage is uh, made. So okay. I I, I, mean- I don't think we should kind of hold them responsible for anything because they are responsible for everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and plus they're in the they're in the business of money making. So I think a lot of the decisions also because because you know why I'm I'm saying this because I've seen I've seen a brand and I won't name them where um, a launch was more focused on the YouTubers as as we were just discussing, than the media, you know, the information dissemination, the 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 embargoes, the everything was more. Uh, for the for the YouTubers, then and and maybe it's a it's a general trend, but that's that's what I saw like in in the last couple of years. And um, it's it's strange how the with 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 one brand I saw the focus on YouTubers on whereas on the other brand another brand I saw the focus was on print coverage, and uh, they they couldn't fathom that um, you know I mean being during COVID right now for example, I mean print uh, print coverage is very hard to come by right now. Because I mean most of my coverage is most of the coverage in newspapers is firstly reduced. It's COVID COVID focused. It's it's even if it's business, it's impact of COVID on business. So, you know, your CSR story or your, you know, product story might not get so much preference. So, you know, I mean, yeah. but 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 that that's that sort of brings up the question that, you know, how should brands really collaborate here then with journalists? Because to, you know, sort of evolve their approach. Because not not all brands are are out there on digital some 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 of the young brands are because i I'd say the young brands have started thinking um with digital from the start, whereas the the traditional ones, the older brands they've had to either transform or they've yet not yet transformed into that space so but but but, how do they do that? you know because they they don't seem to understand sometimes that um some some person might be more important for print maybe but uh, it it might not be easy easy to get so so how do you think they should collaborate because um, i i i when you know when i see the whole ecosystem i feel like brands and media have to sort of work together they can't they can't work in silos and the pr agencies are the glue maybe most of the times but um, there has to be that collaboration between them which is somewhat which sometimes i don't think is happening right now
2: all right so see the problem is for most of the brands and for agencies as well a journalist is a uh, cell in their excel spreadsheet mm. and so if if a brand wants to do a coverage with youtubers uh, they'll ask the agency to pull out that spreadsheet with you list of youtubers and then communicate with them and engage with them mm. and if if a brand wants the mainstream media or television journalist uh, it would have a different spreadsheet I think that bucketing is no more relevant and mm-hmm. it's not ideal anymore. It, mm-hmm. like, like I uh, spoke earlier in the conversation, maybe 10, 15 years ago, uh, there were demarcated lines between the uh, between individuals working in different industries. It's not anymore. I mean, I write for a print newspaper. I do a podcast. I, I might have a YouTube channel, I don't, but I might uh, be there also. It's very transitional. I I guess at this point, brands and agencies should invest more in recognizing individual journalists for their strengths and how they can be used for their media outreach. Right. I mean, a brand should approve what works for me. I mean, if if they call me to a launch with with a focus on YouTube coverage, they're wrong. True. If they're if they're uh, and it happens all the time that uh, we we are invited for events that are not tuned for us uh, but i i don't blame uh, agencies or the brands for it i i guess that understanding bit has to come now
1: mm-hmm. there
2: has to be individual uh, journalists or individual media houses perspective of what they or how they cover and things like that and not put them into any kind of bucket there are too many mediums right now uh, online as well as off, within offline also the, the coverage can be a, a lot of things right. and e- online while while there's a whole uh, set of people who are professionally uh, reviewing products and doing conversations on YouTube but you don't know how, how TikTok emerges for brands uh, in a few days. <laughs> well, what if one of your engagements solely has to be with uh, people who are on TikTok or Instagram uh, and, or, and whatever the platform is. Uh, we we don't know there are a lot of brands spending a lot of money on TikTok right now yeah. let's not get into that. unfortunately yes unfortunately
0: yes that's a whole separate, uh, which is why which is different.
2: why I said yeah which is why I said brands yeah. pro- proper medium as well so uh, I, I guess uh, at the agencies and brands should work in a way to recognize individual journalists and engage with them. not right. not put into markets I mean uh, we uh, one of, one just with YouTubers is because the, the marketing officer at the brand really wanted numbers on the spreadsheet. And you who know. gives them yeah. YouTubers? If yeah. you're chasing numbers and stupid uh, Instagram influencers and any, you want to take a holier-than-thou approach that I I write and you talk to me, but you should know what you're looking for. I mean, want to do a social media campaign, talk to the... Twitter folks a million followers and two paid tweets and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, or engage with celebrities. Uh, it, it's never happened that you would all a Bollywood movie at the same con uh, at the same press conference so, with a person who's doing TikTok videos and me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it shouldn't either. Also, because the 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 target audience is different um i mean the messaging that is the way it's coming out is also different so i, I don't think that mix should ideally happen always sometimes right. maybe it works with with two platforms maybe but uh, but but not but not with everything i agree with you there you also
2: uh, in in my case when i write for hd uh, while i write consumer tech i don't review products and also those are not very timely columns i mean i right. don't write about x product being launched last week right uh, so i might be writing about uh, best work from home gadgets right now for example right. Right. so my my coverage is not very launch friendly or but much of the pr activity and media outreach happens at, around product launches Correct. so if i were and because i write for other publications so uh, i'm a separate case but if i was only writing that column for ht uh, you you can't get into that conversation with me about uh, a product launch or the coverage right. required next week and things like that which is why I said everybody these days is trying into d- different mediums or different approaches to present their content. Right. Uh, so learn a little more about the journalist uh, when when you are approaching him, or and what you have in mind should also be different for uh, different people. Uh, podcast, right. we podcast. Podcast is another medium, right. and uh, which would not have the same uh, way to approach than a than you. Which which is very instant sometimes, and you can just do right on at the launch event. You can shoot a video into it. So I, I guess that those considerations of different platforms, approaches, and types of content need need to be taken care of.
0: Right. I mean, uh, I, I mean you're right. You're right with the whole um, journalists. Um, you know, media media being on different platforms and putting it out there because every medium has a different thing to offer, different way, different information, also sometimes to offer, different way of putting out information also. Like something that I've, I've noticed is a, something that you'd put on YouTube maybe won't work on Instagram. So you'd maybe craft your communication in a different way so that your audience on Instagram will, will probably understand. And similarly, maybe a medium, like if you put your article on medium, your 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 the way you write the the amount you write there also also makes a difference. So it's 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 more about I think agencies and even brands sort of understanding the importance of um, the mediums. You know I think because print yeah. fine we we're, we're used to print we've all seen print over the years. But I think social media is something where um, I I don't see brands having identified journalists you know who are on who are on these platforms, because especially Twitter because. I see so much happening on Twitter um, when it comes to journalists, you know, they, and and I feel like there's a totally different person who's writing on Twitter sometimes, you know, because um, mm-hmm. I mean the the kind of opinions uh, I mean they sound they sound more real to me when when I'm reading it because I feel like when 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 you're writing for a publication also you're somewhat limited to the way you can you can you know um, craft your or or maybe. You know, say say your say the right words. I think you just you just right. have to use the right words. But but on Twitter, there's no filter, right? And and on filter, you can actually talk about how you feel about a certain brand, about a certain product, maybe about a certain industry as well. So I I I, I kind of agree because that's something that um, brands have focused with the influencers, like you rightly said, but not with journalists. You know, and journalists are quite out there now. Like I I I, I follow like I think three see people like there's there's Nidhi Razan, there's uh Ishad from Mr. Phone, there's you. And and I see that very different content coming out, you know, you guys like from on Twitter. But uh but but you know, like how do you think brands can, you know, like I, I understand brands can um harness that to understand the journalist, but but when it comes to say, say, for example, a product comes out, a journalist writes um uh you know, like an article that the product has come out, and but then on Twitter, the same journalist sort of says that, you know I didn't I didn't like the product, or maybe I didn't like this about the product. Do you think there's a there's a there's a mis miscommunication there with the brand understanding the journalist, or do you think that's something else?
2: So look from from my previous point, I, I guess to yeah. and engage more with journalists and not publication. Yeah, uh, or list uh, more more. From- and some people like me are on multiple as a, as freelancers. Engagement with me with the publication mm. and went on, which is what you rightly say, people are more direct, more personal. And so some of the younger journalists or younger people who just right would have their heavily ed- edited on the publication they write for. And if they write for print, it would also be edited and. Uh, restricted because of the layout issues and things like that
1: right
2: so, oh what what's, My line is not exactly your voice I mean it is your voice but it's also heavily edited voice yeah I, I mean I at, at some of the publications I have written edited out younger writers uh, work I'm not try to change their opinion but uh, because of relations, I have edited them uh, quite a lot but I and also uh, on Twitter, uh, your experience. I mean, I might just talk about a product that I bought few months before today because I liked or got frustrated with that product because I was using it right now. While your reviews are size, you use the product for 10-15 days and you publish a review. Okay. But um, And which is why some publications started long-term reviews and things like that. It's your daily experience. I mean, if you follow me, you would know that these are the certain kinds of products. Exactly. These are the things I'm looking for in products. So, uh, I mean, I it'd be hard for me to kind of fake trust in something because you know I like that because you follow me. Right. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean,
2: uh, I I can't do that. So, uh, and I've engaged with a lot of brands. I mean, I've traveled to. Or visit a campus uh, without the brand insisting on any coverage. They want me to meet the person or see the campus or see a facility and things like that. And the idea from those brands, and I'm just assuming from their perspective, is that they want to engage with me. Engage with me today, tomorrow, I say things. And so happens that sometimes that does happen. I mean, engage, with, uh, I talk to a lot of, sometimes it does not translate into any conversation, but maybe uh, in 2019, October, an event, I was invited for the event. I said, I don't want to go because in my current writing about this, uh, I really like the idea of the event, if I was, I would travel, but I don't want to kind of, uh, your expense to something where I don't give you coverage. Right. Right. PR lady said the CEO called in there and attended the sessions. So I traveled, and honestly, I didn't. But I did tweet about maybe they value the posts and things like that.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, I'm, networking. I'm constantly with them on Twitter and and also the exchange of emails between us. They've seen here and there and things like that. So I guess a deeper relationship important than the coverage with younger companies and the, and I'm sure it's in other domains also, but I know only tech in a lot of smartphone companies and things like that. Only think about uh, the journalist when, the
0: when the product
2: launches or an announcement, they okay. really want to be friendly because they're looking for that output of a published piece or a published video or uh, um, Instagram posts or things like that. Right. So they're only looking for that. They're not in there for a long time. And and it's not something that I say with disdain. I mean, it's very apparent. Uh, if if I email right now of, to a company where the product is launching next week, I'll get a reply. But if yeah. I email next month, my email will go into a limbo. And it happens all the time in PR. I mean, yeah. I, I can crib, crib about make this a crib about PR agencies or things like that. But it so happens that the culture is that you're only engaged with journalists when when there
0: is time and there's to do a lot.
2: And I hear this from a lot of uh, entertainment journalists also. You get access to movie stars only when there is a movie
1: release. Movie release, yeah. So e- e-
2: even if you are one of the top uh, entertainment uh, journalists in, in the country, like Rajiv Masan or Anukama Chopra, you get access to the top stars, of course. Uh, only when there is a movie release on the way, right, uh, and that that culture kind of then you then the journalists also because you've got access in a lot of cases a lot of younger journalists or YouTubers who want the review devices or the access to a launch and all get compromised into working towards your interest because they want the access.
0: Right, right, right.
2: So uh, that that bit. Uh, kind of becomes, it's obviously awkward for a journalistic uh, ethics also. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, uh, for brands to reach out to journalists only for their launch, kind of, uh, I mean, we are not your marketing props. So uh, I prefer deeper engagement. I mean, I I miss out on a lot of launches only because I get I don't get along with those brands. And I, I don't mean I don't, I have issues with those brands or I don't speak to them. I mean, I'm friendly and all. But uh, if I don't see deeper engagement, if I don't see conversation, if you've not made me speak to your executives, the CMO or the CEO right. once in a few months, then I'm sure you, you're not interested in my work. Right. Uh, then, right. I, then I don't sound modest, but then I don't want to give my numbers to you.
0: Correct. Correct makes sense i mean it it makes sense so i think uh, brands brands also slowly have started realizing this somewhat um, i mean I'd, I'd say in the last year maybe because i think i've there, there has been a lot of conversation about how there needs to be a more deeper impactful uh, bond between the brand and the media because that's that's something that i think you're right with consumer uh, not consumer but like with um, with smartphone companies sometimes it has uh, sort of um, Harper or you know like gone gone to that direction, but uh, I I think it's 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 more of an effort that that's needed from the brand side. You're right.
2: also also to interject you, a, a lot of effort that we've seen in the past year or so, uh, like you mentioned, is about being friends with journalists. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that's the right approach. I mean, right. journalists and uh brands should not be friends. I mean, on an individual level, if you get along, that's pretty good. Right. But uh less of your effort has been for constant information share. Right, right. And uh, so you would have a lot of smartphone brands hosted parties where journalists are invited with no uh intention of coverage or anything, right. just good parties right. uh with fine parties hosted in a fine setting with liquor flowing. Uh, but uh, okay and a lot of younger folks uh, really like it but that does not solve the problem where you are constantly disengaged I guess come together not and one won't do I mean the parties are all fine uh, I might have gone to a few as well right constant lack of information communication i, I guess it doesn't solve the purpose so, Right. Uh, even at those parties if your CEO kind of escapes after the short note and then you can't find it for a uh, conversation then that purpose is uh, defeated defeated so you you know you, you those friendly engagements constant engagement but with uh, a lot of information flowing
0: yeah I mean I mean some meaningful outcomes basically yeah I mean the the friend the friendly banter can be there but with with some outcomes like I get your point
2: right yeah. of course.
0: Because I, I, I think brands, brands now, especially with, with, with all of this, with people working from home and everything, I think they're, they're struggling even more because, I mean, all this while they might not have created certain relationships um, and, and given out the right information on time. And now they're struggling for, you know, coverage and getting, getting their, their voices heard. You know, that's, that's also something right. that they're doing. That they are, uh, you know, suffering now. And, and the ones especially who are focused only on print, they they are suffering the most because I mean journalists are now hitting back and saying that listen we we cannot we cannot take your coverage right now we cannot so just just wait just hang right. on and because there's no space there's what 12 pages now out of what 25 26 pages that earlier used to get right. right and 12 pages also 10 of them are on COVID and the impact of COVID
2: right
0: so how much can you stuff uh, stuff in way? Anyway? so I completely get your point i think i think it's time for um our our, our next segment i think uh, we'll we'll take a short break here and we'll be back and it's it's a light segment where we'll ask you some generic fun questions even though this was this has been a lot of fun though already but yeah okay
2: okay look forward to it
0: All right. Welcome back to All Things uh, Digital Um, and we have Abhishek with us, we've been having some conversations about print media and how things are slowly shifting to digital. Um, This is a segment which is called uh, Keeping It Casual. Uh, It's not really like a rapid fire and I won't ask you which journalist you hate to create some controversy so it's not like uh, Coffee with Karan or anything but uh, something so I mean the whole idea behind keeping it casual was that you know I want to I, I want to understand more about the person I'm interviewing um, from a, a more personal standpoint you know as to what they like what they're not like but somewhat related to their work you know so I'm I'm going to start off with the first question I think um, and and I, I don't know if a lot of people know this but you've also uh, started something called the podcast hub so I want to ask you a little little about that and you know why? Why should people get onto it? And and what's the whole idea there?
2: Interested in long. I mean, the first one I had was a decade ago when oh, really? mainstream. Yes, long, 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 long back. I I used to work with Microsoft back then, and I would speak to uh, the senior executives at Microsoft uh, because I could get access to them. Uh, right. It, it went on for a great ride. I had a personal exigency in the family, so we had to suspend it. But it uh kind of widely popular if i may use the term myself uh, plus a lot of audience was from abroad because internet penetration wasn't that great in india so right. we made quite a dent. i've liked it since then i've been listening to uh, i with the office commute i was always listening to podcasts i had favorites i've some as well so i am looking at this ecosystem and in the past uh, in india and it's not just a us or a europe phenomenon anymore in the past couple of years we've seen a lot of activity within india It's a good place to document a lot of conversations around podcasts just happen on the tech websites and sometimes as on a magazine but uh, Everyday things like announcements from Spotify or Lipsyn or Anchor or whatever, they don't get as much uh, awareness like they should be. So I I just started, obviously, it's a passion project. I'm running it on a side. I've just uh, got to know who's starting me. So it's an idea to just build up the community. Uh, while, While I've or a group here on the side because there are too many Indian podcast groups on facebook or yeah, Twitter yeah. Or Instagram and things like that I'm always confused
0: i'm I'm always confused that have I reached the end of the podcast universe by now or not it all because <laughs> yes. every day I find some new thing that's that's just popped up and i' I'll, I'll see that there are some fifty episodes you know mm-hmm. So it's, there it's is too much happening right now. So
2: yeah. I, I thought I'll document that in a, in a website, which then also the space. So I'm doing a new podcast service or things like that. Like uh, just before this call, I was uh, the new podcast apps that has come up. So that, that's something in my league already. It's right. just I've given a platform so that non-tech audience can, even if you are a non-tech person like podcasts, you can just, and have
0: a yeah I, I think, I very, think it was, it's a very scattered and unregulated market right now and i think there's a lot of scope as to how um, of, i mean some of us can sort of try to build it because uh, you know like when when youtube came out many many years ago then when netflix came out or spotify came out these things sort of like they they took its time but they sort of regulated and made certain systems that uh, that, that 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 others are following now and i think that's that's something that's that's missing at least in the Indian market, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. What? But but what? What's uh, what's your favorite podcast these days? I mean, what are you listening to, if if you are? Uh,
2: okay. So my my listening habits have changed quite a lot in the pandemic. One, of course, there's no the long commutes and things like that. Right. I travel a lot of listening to podcasts, and but uh, I've been listening to the this- which, uh, which I guess has not changed. I've always listened to it, uh, even, which is, I guess, one of the finest podcasts in India. I, uh, in the new ones that I've discovered, so I, I listened to and recently after his move to Spotify and being exclusive there. Uh, I, I listened to it long back and never kind of. Now I'm listening to it again to understand what's the hype about and why it's one of the world's most popular uh, podcasts. Uh, what else? Uh, Indian names uh, in India. I, I am also listening to uh, the news laundry one, which is Highway on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They're revisiting of the uh, show Highway on my po- uh, Highway on my plate that they did many years ago. Rocky and Mayu, the two guys, including right. the producers of. So that's uh, because I like travel and I like food. Uh, right. I, I kind of uh, uh, listen to that. I, I think I've listened to all the episodes that have released till now. Right. I'm, I'm discovering a lot of Indian podcasts these days. I listen to Indian Express, three things. Uh, oh, yeah. Indian that's quite right. Yeah. So I, I'm actually, uh, since also just before I kind of decided, I wrote a piece in the Morning Context about podcasting in India, which okay. I wrote in January, I guess. So December is when I was researching, and in searching for that piece, I kind of discovered a lot of Indian uh, podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Much of my playlist, I've turned up podcasts. This is everywhere, uh, BBC, World This Week, and things like that. Mm. Uh, I've, I've kind of gave them a pause because I'm just not in the mood to listen to because it's anyway on social and on TV. Yeah. So those podcasts I've paused. Um, I listened to a couple of cricket ones. Stumped is BBC's podcast on cricket. I think it's also one of the most competitive ones. Have you listened? To-
0: no, I haven't actually. I've, I've actually been listening to the Formula One podcast that started um, last month, but I haven't. I haven't heard of this one. Uh, it's called Stumped. So uh,
2: st- It's it's called Stumped, and it's very unique, and I highly recommend to anybody who likes Wicked. Uh, right. Why it's unique is because it's from BBC. So they're sitting in London. Alison Michelle, the former English player, uh, she does host the podcast. Right. But with uh, Dean Jones in Australia in partnership with ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and Charu Sharma or Sunil Doshi in India in part. So this is a podcast constituted by radio, which is, of course, traditional because BBC is doing it. So it's a partnership of three uh, nations of the world. And England, India, Australia also make the power center of cricket. Oh, so uh, it's it's a collaborative. I mean, the first time I listened to the podcast, I was fascinated by how this partnership works. And I guess it is also aired on, on radio, radio and ABC back in, in Australia. Uh, but I listened to it uh, online. So it's a show which uh, is three traditional radio players partnering to give up Best podcast on sport, and by cricket, I mean it's it should be an automatic
0: choice. Oh, okay. I'm 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 gonna try and, and listen to it because I've I've heard Gaurav Kapoor Gaurav Kapoor's podcast. Ah, yeah, but yeah,
2: really, yeah. A, that, that's a fascinating one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: He's he, he's quite good. Like he's he's. Uh, I think I think he's really like with his content. Like even with um the, the show I'm forgetting the name mm-hmm. the one on YouTube. Breakfast with Champ. Breakfast with Champions. Oh yeah. I mean it's such a fascinating like simple but mm-hmm. yet like such good conversation so yeah. i think um, a yeah, lot of lot of nice things happening you know in the podcast scene and but yeah. again unregulated so i think that's that's why you're going to come in and try to you know sort of give it give it like that's what you know it needs some structure i think so, so it's-
2: um, in fact we were working on one of the series our uh, best podcast selection of the week or something so that we highlight uh, lesser known shows especially
0: that, um, I- right right punang's uh, uh, show advertising is dead i i i've uh, heard that yes yeah it's it's an ivm podcast and uh it it basically it's it's by this uh by the by the owner of glitch which is a digital agency an advertising agency actually and uh he he basically has has these conversations with with people in advertising and it's fascinating to see and to hear how advertising has has grown you know in the last and where it is because people say like right right now we were discussing print might be dead that that's what people say about advertising also that advertising is dead hmm. like traditional advertising is dead but right. but that's 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 a whole conversation that he has and uh, it's it's quite interesting you should maybe like give it a listen sometime right but um, but you know like i mean whenever people jump into things you know like a lot of like 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 last two months or three months i think we've seen a spurt of podcasts you know and and I I read a I read a tweet by Prasad Banerjee recently, which said that please don't let podcasts go the way videos did in India. Pretty please. What's your What's your take there? I mean, do you think? Do you agree? Do you Do you think like it should? You should just let it go grow and you know let's see what happens.
2: Right. Uh, no. So of course let it grow. I mean, who Who are we to uh, moderate or yeah. uh, judge content? Uh, but I guess uh, brands, jewels. Uh, uh, sometimes do not know where to stop. And I, I have seen so many tech YouTube channels with absolutely poor videos. Yeah. I mean, it's lack of self-awareness, self-realization. That probably, I, I don't do YouTube videos because I don't have this craft for it. And in a conscious choice, even when the heydays are of everybody getting on and people like me who were early here in blogging, maybe I could have a knack for it. Mm-hmm. And I stopped my people who also did not have a knack for it, uh, did not stop. So, uh, we've, it's, I mean, the platforms are great. Uh, YouTube is a great platform, the creative tools are great. It's only up to the users what they offer. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: The problem I, I,
2: I don't YouTube feel I have, is that,
0: you know, I, I, I mean, as in, I don't feel I have the patience to um, put in so much creative effort to make something. They, you know, like you, a video takes a lot and a lot of effort. So unless like, I feel like I have a team, then maybe I'll be able to do it. But personally, right. I don't think I have the patience to, you know, do so much editing and so much, you know, creative, right. uh, put so much. No, also,
2: also also, because that that's the need of the hour now. But when YouTube, uh, especially tech YouTube was starting up, a lot of people were just doing it themselves. And some of them had great skills. I mean, of yeah. course, now everybody's up the game because... You need great shots. You need good production quality. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that expectation early on. So people used to get by. Uh, and with podcasts, the thing is that even if podcast, it's not in your list, so you are not bothered. The yeah. problem with content YouTube is it's thrown at you. Mm-hmm. So while you are find that you like, you might be thrown a recommendation or auto played something which is not to your taste. True. True, true in in podcast you are in your space you, uh, i mean there are many bad books in the world but uh, you judge your reading habits only with the shelf on your uh, on on your true. at your home or on your kindle absolutely so, uh, with podcast uh, yes there will be bad podcast uh, i mean uh, it's it's up to users and the, the medium can't be blamed for any cringe that comes out we talk a lot about tiktok i mean uh, TikTok, my ByteDance dance made a fine product. It's what people made it to be. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. I mean, I think, and uh, I, I had, in, in fact, a banter with uh, Prasid uh, when he tweeted that because my follow up news was Rahul Gandhi uh, starting a podcast. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, and, yeah, I, think, I saw that. I saw that. So, I, he, uh,
2: so he said it would be awkward. And I said, it's still better than tech YouTube. And he said, I agree on that without uh, <laughs> making a political point. So yeah, I mean, uh, politicians would jump to it, uh, yeah, and everybody would jump. Brands would jump to it. It's a yeah. I mean, the enterprise tech and all.
0: In fact, in fact, uh, politicians in the U.S. at least have used podcasts a lot. I mean, um, yeah. maybe like I don't know, not in India, but I mean, Joe Biden had a podcast which yeah, which was quite a hit during his campaign. I remember. See so, now they will
2: because now the, there are platforms like like a Geo. Um, they recently had an update last week uh, where they changed their UI of the app. So podcast has a highlighted uh, appearance. So it's easily discoverable. So once you have the two, earlier you had to inform people that there is a thing called podcast and, and I am doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Once the once the awareness part is off, it's
0: easier. True, true. Makes sense. I Spotify mean, Spotify is of course doing its job. Spotify, yeah, they're they're really going at it right now. In fact, I think that they're also having these um, podcast discovery uh, contests, I would say, you know? Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And Roshan Abbas is, I think, hosting or me I think he's a judge yes. also. It's it's quite interesting. I mean, I actually know someone who won recently. And yeah, they they are
2: also doing an anchor session that, that those also are yeah, yeah, hosted yeah. by Roshan Abbas.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even Kalki was in one of them. If I'm yeah,
2: Kalki and Russian do it together. Yeah.
0: It was quite interesting. So I mean, a lot happening there. But um, but anyway, like um, you're you're a tech journalist, so this is going to be a tech question for you because um, I've I'm really I think in the last four years I've I've, I've been really into um, smartphone launches, what what smartphone companies are doing, and so I'm really into smartphones. So I'm going to ask you this that. What's 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 the phone that you know you're you're looking forward to, or do you think has launched, which is, which has really done something to you this year? Because I'll I'll have a counter answer to yours, you know, for, for as to what my choice is.
2: Uh, honestly, I've stopped looking forward to, uh, because m- most of these are just progressive updates. I mean, newer processor, exactly. Exactly. Better, better design, exactly. uh, more powerful camera. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe I'm getting old uh, yeah. or, and more pragmatic about my expenses. Uh, like I was just about to pick up a phone in March. Uh, it was supposed to launch in March uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't because of the pandemic. And yeah. I also held off my purchase and I yeah. shared on Twitter. I, I said I was looking forward to just pick it up. Right. But I, as somebody in the business, I like to buy these things. But I just held off the purchase because of so much uncertainty around. Right. So I, I've stopped looking to launches. I, I use a Pixel. I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a great fan of uh, Pixel. Those serve me very good. Right. Uh, I look forward to Pixel 4a, which might just be launching anytime. Same. Same. It's been Same. delayed. Uh, but those are only because I, I'm looking forward to it because I look, I'm looking forward to buy it. Uh, but otherwise, as, as an industry trend or the hype around things, I I guess I've stopped uh, uh being hyped up I, I I look forward to home gadgets and I guess maybe that's the new thing for me for some people it's the uh, variable the smartwatches and things like that I guess I look forward to what smart home things or what's the next Google list coming and things right. like that uh, right. I, th- th- those uh, smartphones I'm done with
0: yeah I think I think it's 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 a saturated market. I don't, I don't think I've liked or been excited about any launch this year. And uh, even, even last year, I think there was some interest within me for the fold, but uh, and the first fold, not the the other fold, which is like the razor, right. but, but the first fold and I was, I was quite interested with that. But, but apart from that, I, I feel like they, there's, there's just a lot of features that are just thrown into phones these days and yeah. every, every launch is more or less the same. The, the format is the same. There's not anything different happening. I think OnePlus did something nice a couple of years ago with their launch but uh, apart from that it's 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 been a bit yeah but but you know like it's it's such a hype market also right when i talk to when i talk to um uh, bloggers or journalists sometimes you know and a lot, a lot of them still look forward to like a phone launch more than like a like a like a headphone launch you know or a, or a smart smart watch launch which is strange because these are the parts where you know the innovation is 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 really coming up like something really different might come up there whereas with smartphones right. then as you said you know those are just increments incremental changes right. like the fold was a big revelation the fold and the the huawei uh, i'm forgetting the Mate. Uh, yeah the,
2: yeah so the, there there are two reasons for it one smartphone coverage brings the maximum amount of traffic
0: traffic yeah
2: it is very unfortunate. I hate that. I hate my audience because <laughs> they give traffic to smartphone coverage. Because most of the tech publications I've written for in the past uh, or continue to write have given less focus on other things. Right. They used to be discovery section of apps and all. I mean, you buy, but you still find apps that can do what you want to do. Right. Uh, most of the tech media in India do not cover uh, mobile apps and things like that. No. Unless those are paid engagements and things like that. Exactly. Uh, same is same is I used to write for Android Authority, and the only app coverage we did was some uh, fifteen travel apps. Next month would be top ten money apps and things like that. So that was the only curated bit uh, that one of the editors would do, and apart from of course the Google and the Facebook and the top app coverage. Uh, this not written about technology, technology trends, how technology is maturing. I mean, some of the publications still do it, but uh, they are. It, it's like uh, the indie film that a superstar does for their acting credentials. A uh, good, nice feature for his credentials and for his credibility. But continue to Oh, this phone is launched. This phone sold out in ten seconds. This phone is launching tomorrow. We got a leaked picture, and all that. Uh, that's purely because the audience is there and smartphone coverage, uh, and the interest by audience has spoiled the publications. Right. If you you uh, I I mean you are in PR, you would know if you call them for a nice uh, discussion, but don't show them a shiny gadget, half of the journalists won't turn up for the conference. <laughs> especially the YouTube ones because they, they want a device to hold and show to mm-hmm. their audience and not just be on camera and talk about some technology uh, innovation or things things like that. So right. And the second, of course, because they sell a lot. I mean, uh, there are companies whose uh, primary business is selling phones and they do sell a lot. So they are the ones investing money to create that hype cycle. So, uh, I mean, uh, apart from smartphones and FMCG, of course, there are no other products that sell so much, sell so much in numbers. Right. Um, right, right. Globally, not just in India. Right. So when you are selling something in that numbers, apart from FMCG, which of course are the primary advertisers everywhere. Uh, so then smartphones would get into that hype. And because people are buying so much, so they want to read about that, and which is why they're giving uh, yeah, yeah. traffic for I mean, applications. I mean, publications.
0: There's still the most hype things that come up. Like even yeah. though the other products have some crazy innovation happening there but uh, smartphones you know it's one little thing one little new thing that'll be there and that'll be the hype for the month and i've seen that but interesting um and uh, one interesting thing that i did today morning was actually i i put out a little poll on um, instagram asking people what's what's what their take is on the state of print media today you know and um 58% actually said that, I mean, they're all hibernating right now and will bounce back. <laughs> whereas, whereas 42% said that digital media is going to take over. So it's it's interesting. Like it's it's still somewhat equally divided, I think. And a lot of my audiences from, I mean, and not journalists, but I would say from the PR and the brand side, you know, and people who are in the agency side. So it's it's interesting to sort of understand how people are still looking at it. Even though there are conversations today happening on how Digital will more or less take over, but uh, I, I think that's that's still a debate, and it's it's still going to go on for some time because till we actually see results, which maybe will happen in a couple of months. Right? Also,
2: till uh, print media is an alternate model, I yeah. Mean, uh, just yeah. because, and I don't want to take names, but uh, X newspaper would not close down shop tomorrow uh, unless it has got a model. And I guess yeah. paywalling uh, e-papers would not just cut it unless there is a transformation to a better business model, to a paid content services or whatever, uh, they won't let it die. I mean, they have to run the shop. Yeah, yeah. So they will uh, keep lingering on with uh, government-funded ads and whatever yeah. way they can, small digital efforts here and there. But a certain, uh, they, a it's, it's like putting it on a ventilator.
0: Right, right. I mean, a certain newspapers, in fact, uh, board, board of directors, you know, he actually said that, you know, we've, we've made our model and, and this was a release, like it, it, it's not that I'm saying anything that's hidden or something, but it, it, he said that, you know, we've, we've made it paid so that people go back to reading newspapers. You want to still promote people going back right. to newspapers. Imagine. So, no, no,
2: so uh, there, there was this case also. Uh, uh, I, I don't know which publication did it, but there were parties to uh, the case where Denik Jagran was the, I, I guess, I, and I could be wrong, Denik Jagran is, so all had those. When, when the lockdown first started, a lot of uh, publications started giving e paper free. They yeah. would email you, they would text you, and yeah. things like that. Then people would ta- download those PDFs because not everybody is friendly with the e paper format and has yeah. a big screen. So right. people would download the PDF and then send it on their uh, RWA groups, WhatsApp groups, yeah, yeah. forums here and there. And so they raised a uh, uh, A copyright and IPR uh, case, right? And so they they themselves were sending out e paper links, but then they didn't want the uh, e paper to float around, right? Which I found it awkward, yeah, which I found awkward, but it ties into what you're saying because their idea of e paper uh, and stopping e paper was that people go back to print, right? But if they and once they started realizing that maybe people are getting too friendly with the PDFs, <laughs> yeah.
0: this is not the way to go. Too friendly and too comfortable. Like it's yeah. coming on your WhatsApp. You just open it and you're just like reading it, and then you're done. You don't have to yeah. click anywhere else. You just zoom in, zoom out. It's simple. <laughs> so right. So yeah, I mean, I I I think that's a wrap uh, on today's episode, though. On uh, Vathalap Abhishek. I think it was wonderful having you as a guest today. Uh, I'm sure a lot of um, our uh, PR friends, brands, media, whoever's listening, um, will get some insights from this or some learning. Hopefully, if not, then no <laughs> But I think uh, uh, whether
2: whether they learn or not, uh, at least they shouldn't take offense. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> through the episode, we might just have criticized one or the other.
0: So yeah, yeah, all,
2: all in good fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, all in good fun, and and you know, like I I, I believe that you know everyone has their opinion, and it's it, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's fine, you know, and it does not reflect the the work they do or the agency they work for or the company they're associated with. So, it, it shouldn't. It's like Twitter. Your uh, what what's that one line everyone puts up? Um, my tweets are personal not reflective as a disclaimer no not your yeah employees of <laughs> yeah this is, this is a lot like that so yeah. and, and I think today's episode was equally important you know for for senior professionals and the entry level people you know like to understand you know how the landscape is evolving because um I mean people need to sort of prepare the client the client has the brands have to prepare themselves uh and you know like sort of build the right expectations is, is what something, and it's a constant struggle. I can see brands pushing agencies in season, you know, in turn, frantically connecting with journalists We're unsure of the future, you know, I mean, right now. So a little empathy and caution is never bad. I, I think right now. So yeah. Also
2: we are all in this together. I mean, exactly. Uh, Often, I would have ranted about a PR or a brand on Twitter sometimes right. uh, and a PR agency would have crept about me on the water coolers and it's totally <laughs> fine. But otherwise, uh, we're we, we too tight together and we need to work together. And like, like you said, especially in times like these where, where more empathy is required. Yeah. Uh, everybody, we're all in this together. Right. Uh, I can't do my job if uh, the brands or PRs are not supporting me and exactly. so
0: can you. And uh, yeah, and same way around. Like, if no one's writing about me, then, I mean, what what am I doing? So, so I mean, I, I, yeah, totally. So, I I, I think that's uh, that's that's a good point to you know leave our listeners with, and empathy and caution. So, I hope everyone's um everyone had a good time listening to us just talk, and everyone has a good week. Um, and hopefully things will start opening up as as they're saying from the 8th, which is tomorrow.